This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. Dear friends, we live in one beautiful reality. Of course, for a long time, we accepted the notion there might be two ways to look at things. Science and religion made sense, right? But science and religion are mutually exclusive. There's no way they can both be right. So how can we find the truth? Well, as you know, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from people we used to think were dead, we get a wonderfully complete picture of what actually is going on. And what we learn from the dead about our one reality is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. Isn't that beyond thrilling? It all fits. Our guest today is my wonderful friend, Donna smith Creep, who, like Waller Joel, you remember him from last week, he was a wonderful guest. Donna also is a serious researcher of the astonishing phenomenon of physical mediumship. She also was at the David Thompson Seances this past September in Sarasota, Florida. But while our friend Waller was at one, Donna went to all five. And she's written a great research paper on the subject, which I just received last night, but I'm eager to read. She's going to share some of her insights with us today. Welcome, Donna. I'm so glad to have you back. Hi, Roberta. I'm, I'm so glad to be here because there's not a lot of places we can talk about this. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I've been telling space. people, as, as I learn about it, I've been telling people about physical mediumship and there it blows everybody's mind. No one had any idea, which is really sad when you think about it because this is one of the best proofs of survival of consciousness there is. So I completely uh, agree with you. I'm so eager to talk about it with you further. Now that Waller gave me my first grade education, maybe you can take us to the third grade. But first, Donna, <laughs> third grade, that's cute. <laughs> tell us about tell us about your history a little bit because some people may not have heard your prior podcast with us. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, and I think that's a perfect segue into me- physical mediumship because one of the first studies I took on when I founded Metaphysics Research in um, 2010 was to do a three-year study on mental mediums, uh, looking at a very close case studies of 10 mental mediums um, that are, were tested by myself and um, an assistant that I had, and really following them along three years and then um, uh, following up with uh, 88 of their clients and asking a number of questions related to survival of consciousness and really of a very strong qualitative um, uh, examination of what mediumship is and during that during that time a number of them would start to bring up things about physical mediumship but I'll be honest with you Roberta um, a lot of the literature when I was reading it it it, it, it seemed so fantastic that it, and yes. it also seemed like it was history it seemed like it was history yeah. something that they talked about in the past you'd see the pictures um, but 
because it didn't appear to be a current phenomenon, I didn't I didn't go further with it until you know when things just follow you, Rebecca. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, Roberta. You just yeah. you just yeah. sort of ignore things, but they follow you. <laughs> that's and, it. Uh, that, that's what. That's how spirit keeps our attention. Um, by I, when I we're supposed so. to look at something, we keep getting hit upside the head. Exactly, and I think um, a lot of events led to um, me. Um, being able to uh, find David Thompson, because I think if you're going to invest in physical mediumship, you really do, this is a rare phenomenon. I think, I hope Waller got that across, and I think Wendy and Victor, you've talked to them about physical mediumship, and a lot of them are in Europe and different places, and I mean, to really find it, they, they're, they're not, it's not like they have this in the newspaper or anything. They have, as you probably know, Roberta, they have to protect themselves, so it's not yes. readily available to the general public. Um, they've had historical problems, you know, where people will be um, have access to the seance room and get so excited they try to touch the phenomena, and it's, of course, very dangerous for the medium. Um, but I, I think a lot through the help of Wendy Zamet, to be honest with you, and Victor, were, was able to lead me uh, to David, and uh, luckily I just got in in time uh, to be able to uh, sit through all five, like because the application, I think, there, there was five seances, and once that go, when that once that becomes available, that fills up very quickly. So I think spirit really yes. helped me get in there. Oh yes, yeah, and that was just last month. I mean, I spent ten days in Florida. Um, in, in between the, the actual seances, what was wonderful about being there, Roberta, was that um, you could follow up with people right after, and you could talk to them and really get everybody's different perspective because we're talking about 30 witnesses times five that's 150 all in that week and a half which is a researcher's paradise for me actually. yes oh yeah. yes so tell me wow. what do you want to know like especially the gaps so uh, what you know are there still things that you're wondering about with physical mediumship i want to know a little bit more about you because people will wonder you have devoted yourself as i understand it you have a history as a researcher right Oh yeah, and I'm still I still am a researcher in crime prevention. I mean, my background is um, all academically is all research methods, and I continue to oversee rigorous studies that relate to um, crime prevention for youth. And I have worked also in the health field in relation to um, interventions uh, to ensure that we are we are implementing cost-effective and evidence-based uh, wow. prevention. Wow. Okay. So so you're a serious research as as am I. I mean, I'm an attorney, and I don't have any interest in any phenomenon that is just seems flakier off the wall. So we're, we're, we're talking with someone who has a serious interest in trying to understand what is real and to sort it from what is not real. And I think that's a fundamental point I'd like to make about you. Donna and I have also talked. We, we did a wonderful, wonderful Skype session with, with Wendy um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And yeah, it was just the most... The most fun. Oh, it was just the most fun. Part of what I love about this field is that all the people I meet in it are just terrific friends. It's so amazing how wonderful people are. Oh, don't you find that too? I I am. I'm just loving the energy and I'm loving the... Um, I'm loving the academic freedom of being really able to explore this. And, and I'm glad for that preamble that you made, Roberta, because you're right. I, I couldn't, even though I, there were, I met a lot of credible people, like Victor and Wendy were talking about this, uh, Robin Foy, they've been talking about this. These are all credible people. But until you, I, for me, I had to see it myself. And I'd read all the literature, but I had to experience it. I thought it was 
um, a blessing to have been able to experience something like this. And for me, I set it up as a research product project. In other words, I, I had my method, even though, and just for those who are interested in, in this perspective, it's not the kind of research that I would be normally used to, which is randomizing and, and, and being able to move things in place and, and set up my design because I'm a reactive researcher. It's more like observation and participatory approach research where somebody has already set up the protocol and you are in there experiencing it how they have. What's amazing about it is the protocol was stringent. Um, yeah, it has to be. Were, yeah, even though myself, I did not, I was not able to come in there and say, okay, I want to see it like this, this, and this, and this. It didn't need to be. Um, I, in the paper, which I strongly encourage people to read, I go through two pages of the stringency in terms of the protocol, not, in term, not only in terms of protecting the medium, but in terms of making sure there is absolutely no way this, that, that you could question whether the phenomena that would be, was being produced was real. And I, let me just share what those protocols are, because I think that's important for people um, before they end up locking me up, you know, in a, in a straitjacket. But literally, um, the protocol is, uh, first of all, there is a, a, a stringent body and room check in front of everybody. Um, and in fact, what was funny was, was Waller, I don't know if he mentioned he's a, got a military background. He did yes. the most thorough check. It was, we didn't know he had a military background, but the way he patted down, he checked looking for trap doors. He checked everything. I was quite amazed. Normally, there's independent checkers, and they're all different. So no one can say that they bring two people along and they will always yod. And that's, yeah. the, that's the best thing about being at five. I could observe the way they picked them, who, who were picked. It was always people that didn't know anything about this phenomenon, and they were different people all five times. The bodies were checked, not only ours, but, but, but David's, um, as well as the circle leader and his partner. Um, and this is in front of everybody. The hand chain, which is really important, the hand chain. People are always having to be in a hand chain, which means they have to hold the person to the right and to the left. And everybody's encouraged, if, you, if somebody lets go of your hand, you have to yell out. Um, in fact, what was interesting is, is I, I haven't been, uh, experienced it directly, but I know of others who've, who've said that they've been to a seance where it was the spirit that was materialized that knew that somebody's foot was not in the right place. Because even the foot, they say that if you have your foot too far into the force field, you can actually interfere with the ectoplasm. So all of that, that safety, the door was bound with tape and covered at the bottom. And that's so, um, you know, even if you think you're in the dark and that um, somebody can open up the door and let in some spirit that you didn't see before, it's absolutely impossible. This particular chapel was built for physical mediumship which is which was amazing and so they only have one door just enough for people to come in and come out so there's no trap doors or anything and what's so wow. important is binding the binding of david <clears throat> and it sounds horrible when people don't understand this but i write in the paper that for extraordinary to, to, to study this properly and to make conclusions scientific conclusions about the nature of our reality unfortunately the medium does have to be bound, and through the mouth, because there are, as I'll share, how many voices were, were, were projected or were, were direct voice um, with the materializations. If, 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 
he's not bound, then someone could wonder if it's him talking and making up all these different voices. And then the chair was built specifically for physical mediumship, so it had very thick straps for his legs and then additional plastic ties that go on. And there were many checkers. I think I count, you know, it was five seances times two, plus I shadowed the checkers as well for the last seance. And you literally pull on the ties, and there's no way you could... You can't even move your hands through those or you don't, you only have to have scissors to get those off and the scissors are left. Um, okay. People, Donna, people are, are, who didn't hear our last week's podcast are saying, what are we talking about? So we, we're going to get along to talk about the great things that happened in these seances. But can yeah. you just get, tell them two things? First, where can they get this paper? Yes, yes. So the paper right now is published on David Thompson's research page where other researchers have posted uh, an assessment of his phenomena as well as it was just posted on Wendy's and Victor Zamet's Afterlife uh, page. And I'm going to post it on my website, which is www.medium7.com. That seven is a numeral. Now, yes, it is a number. Thank you, yes. And, and if you go to victorzamet.com, it's going to be there. And what's David's website? And David's website is Circle of the Silver Cord, and you just press on Research Report, and it's there. Okay, so that's where we could find this stuff. Now, before we go on to, to, to talk about these seances, can you give us a quick definition for people who maybe weren't with us last time about uh, you know, what, what is it that, that physical mediums do? What, what makes this such an amazing proof yep. of the fact that our minds are eternal? Yeah, that's funny, Roberta. Yeah, we really did jump, eh? <laughs> we didn't talk about what Look, we're talking you're just about. Like, you're, you're excited. <laughs> we're <too> excited. You're excited. <laughs> yes, yes. That's but I, funny. I, I'm very, I mean, last week I knew nothing about any of this. It's just very new to me, too. And so, I, as I say, now I kind of have had kindergarten or maybe first grade with, with yeah. Waller. But, <laughs> but people who yeah. are just beginning to understand that this is a real phenomenon and it's an amazing one, you almost wouldn't possibly believe it unless you were able to see it. We're going to get to see it through Donna's eyes. But first, tell us what this is. Yeah, so first of all, yeah, so physical, there's certain uh, physical mediums that have the ability to produce ectoplasm. Now, all of us, all of us have the ability to produce ectoplasm out of our pancreas, but there's certain people, very few in the world, that can produce copious amounts of ectoplasm, which is... And ectoplasm is what? It's like a milky yeah. substance? Yeah, ectoplasm, and, and, and because I'm just saying it briefly, what I've noticed is from the different seances that I've participated in is that it does change form. And it was first, it was actually named by Dr. Charles Richet, who, who gave it the name teleplasm first, and then it became ectoplasm. He describes it as a kind of gelatinous protoplasm. Uh, he was actually a medical doctor in chemistry in, in, in you know, the 1850s. And so oh. he, he, he would be interested in the chemistry of this substance and be able to talk about it as it was formless at first, it looks misty, and then it starts to harden. And if, for, for people who are listening, if they can think about it this way, it's something that's excreted from the pancreas. Um, so it's coming from our own body, but it is the, it is the uh, substance that allows the spirit world to actually come into our physical world. And people most know it from, from Ghostbusters when they talked about the slimy, the slimy green thing, that they were talking okay. about ectoplasm. 
Okay, and so when I, I talk, people are like, "Oh, I know that." <laughs> yes, yes, but it's but it's whitish, and it's and people who produce this are have spent decades. I think David spent twenty years in frequent sittings, developing his psychic abilities, developing his ability to go into deep trance and bring forth the spirits, and then developing his ability to produce this ectoplasm. So this is not for beginners. This is some, this is a serious lifelong commitment to trying to bring the truth to the world, which is a glorious Absolutely. thing for him. Absolutely. And good that you mentioned trance. They are fully in trance and a very deep trance. And that's what allows the control. And each of these different mediums, the few that there are, have a particular control that used to live with us on the physical plane, but is very interested in bringing forth evidence of survival of consciousness, because that's what this is about. They're the communion with the spirit world to really show physical evidence. Um, and the, the, the physical medium in this case, David, when we talk about him as a materialization um, physical medium, that means he, not, he doesn't just have the ability to bring through apports or make things move or have wrappings. He's able to bring through people who were who have transitioned to the spirit world and, and, and that's what that, yeah and, and this it has to be done in darkness or that's the traditional way to do it for the simple reason that uh too much light the ectoplasm can't uh, even really leave the body and if light suddenly turns on in a room it will snap back into the body of the medium and yep. people have been killed that way. We know of at least one modern um, physical medium who was, in fact, killed because someone stupid, I think it was a police raid or something stupid. Yeah, they Helen Duncan. Yes. yes, they turned all the lights on and this woman was killed. So yes. This, yes. that's why the mediums are so careful about where and how they do this. They have to be able to ensure, whether we're, while they're in trance, people are making sure they're safe. While they allow this to happen, and, and they're glad to allow it to happen, they don't want to risk their lives. Yeah. Occasionally and, and, now, more modern ones are allowing a little red light in the room, which apparently is okay. And I think David may at some point allow that too. He has a little bit allowed it. But, well, uh, what I'm going to talk to you about is I saw, you see, there's a luminous plaque. Okay, let you talk. Right. I don't want to talk. I'm excited about this. You you talk, please. And, and uh, Yes. Well, for, first, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then now okay. that we've a break talk, already. Jeez, we're yes. just getting started. <laughs> I know, dear. I know. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest today is the wonderful Donna Smith Moncrief. And we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal.
Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available for free on iTunes. We have more than 131,000 subscribers as of the end of September, and that's only 15 months. Thank you so much, dear friends. Whether you listen live or you download our podcast so you can listen later, thank you. Thank part of this family. And today we're talking with my lovely friend, Donna Smith-Moncrief, who finally is going to get to say her piece about what happened in September at 5. <laughs> David Thompson, physical medium seances. You have the floor, dear. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you, you raised some good questions. And I think especially when you started to talk about dark, darkness before the break, um, it, 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 what, what's funny about it is that I have seen, um, I saw, for example, Kaim Yugi work in red light, and I saw David Thompson, um, the, the materialized forms uh, in my research paper, I talked about um, how they use the luminous plaque. So for the skeptics that are talking about darkness, I think that they need to do away with that particular concern because the, the evidence that I saw, and I'll give you a particular example um, because it was a fairly new experiment. Um, the control William, once David is in trance, comes out, he does some greetings, and he does some amazing platitudes, uh, Roberta. He, he gives you information about the spirit world. You're allowed to ask anything. It's, it's a great way of understanding what's going on in the afterlife. And um, I was able to ask a question, and I asked that question um, related to uh, ectoplasm. I said, you know, I've, Dr. Richet studied it, and there's some other ones, Crawford, I believe. And, you know, if I'm a researcher and I'm looking to study this ectoplasm, where is it? Because I didn't see it. And that was at the second seance. And he, he, he excitedly said, well, he had a, um, a treat for me. And he brought the luminous plaque. And there are certain things that are in the room, like the trumpet and the luminous plaque, which is just a cardboard. And if you imagine, you know, when you're even, it's Halloween today, so I can mention this example um, you know the luminous uh, material that you wear so that people can see you at night, or if you're a jogger, that yes. kind of luminous material. Well, that is on the on the cardboard. And when he came back, he said, right in front of my eyes, I mean, just inches from it, he showed me the ectoplasm, and it was moving. And this is what one of the evidence. Like, I mean, I didn't mention, but I came up with a number of um, particular research objectives and criteria that would have to be met. And this this was one that met the authenticity uh, criteria because there's no physical way someone can produce that misty look that turned into a hard napkin that started to turn into his fingers. Oh, okay. my. Oh yeah, my so he, you, there's no... So if people, again, are thinking, well, this is somebody getting up and parading and making these things up, this is something no. that can be reduced in the physical world. And so he was able to not only show me what the ectoplasm was right in front, in, in light. It didn't need to be pure light because it was luminescent. I, didn't, I had no visual problem. And right. then he was showing me the process of materialization as his fingers oh. started to materialize. That was one of a number. Oh. But So we can put... So I argue to any researcher that's coming in, darkness isn't a hindrance. And, and David has been talking about um, working in his circle with, with a thermal imaging um, because he, he talked about, I interviewed him, and I'll be doing a full, full interview in a chapter fully in my upcoming book with this, is he talked about thermal imaging having the right amount of not giving off that, that, uh, that kind of... Uh, uh, residue that affects with the ectoplasm. They're still the spirit team is working with him to see what what light sources can will not affect the ectoplasm, and they're they're getting some um, they're getting some uh, favorable outcomes like seeing ectoplasm. But again, I told him 
during that interview, I've already seen the ectoplasm because William showed yeah. me on the luminous plaque because, of yeah. course, David is out. David is out. He doesn't know what's going on. He only right. reads it from our research reports or from what people tell us. So darkness, not an issue. Okay, this is great. Now, tell us what happened. There were five seances. Tell, yes. Because our time, unfortunately, is limited, tell us what the, what the things are that happened that most sure, I will. delighted you. Yeah, so how, the research report, the way it's structured is I, I, I focused on three unique experiments that happened. But I'm going to tell just for the listener, what over a period of five seances, and let me just give you a typical feel for what happens. First of all, he typically materializes five people from his team. The B. William, which is the control that works with him. There's mm-hmm. a young uh, Cockney bo- child named Timmy that will always come. And Timmy's responsibility is to uh, keep bringing the ectoplasm out of the body. He develops the um, structures that allows the trumpet to move. And his key role, his big role, is to communicate with the people on the other side in the spirit world to, to see um, who, is a, who is available to come and materialize, to meet and re- reunite with the sitters. And you usually have about two reunions. Um, I think there was one, one or two seances where there was three, so let's just call it a minimum two reunions yeah. with past loved ones. With information, Roberta, that I, when I followed up with sitters, that this was not anyone parading as, you know, their loved one. They, they sated information that no one in that seance room could know wow <laughs> okay this, so, this i wish everybody yeah. could have this experience because if everybody could have this experience there would no longer be foolishness and doubt and the world would change how yeah. exciting this is how exciting and and not to say of course because i get so analytical it just drives myself crazy but i mean i've done a full <laughs> analysis on, on the sound of their voices and also on, on the limitations they have. Because one of the things that fascinated me was their voices, the, re, the ones that were re, reuniting. And they, some of them were feeling their body for the first time. And so it's painful. Not like the members that, that come out on a regular basis and work with David. Their voices were limited. The energy would, it would fluctuate. Um, you know, they have to actually use thought to remember what their body felt and looked like to materialize again. And this, oh. is, a, this is a whole fascinating subject on its own. Oh, but to yeah. stay on course, another major thing that happened was Dr. Slavinsky, who we can't find much history on, to be honest with you. It came through and did healing on six people, and I followed up with them, and five had mirac- close to miraculous healings. It's really? This is a, a healing. We know when we, when he lived. Well, that's unfortunate that no one has been able to. His name is spelt S L A V I N S K I. Um, what what I in the interview I did with David, I asked him, you know, why do you think we're not able to find some information on certain people, especially him? He said that sometimes they don't want to give information or background about where they lived and when they lived. Um, I'm not, that's one is still a mystery to me. But what was amazing about Dr. Slavinsky is he gave healers, people who are doing energy healing, big tips on how to do energy healing. And he talked about the importance of the head chakra. I have that all written down um, and how he works, how the energy, how energy works to heal our bodies. Um, and as I said, to give you one particular example, there was a fellow that has had 19 years of, of back pain after a car accident. 
And in just a short five minutes, he said, no more pain. And yeah, but he did say it came back a bit, uh, just a bit, three days later, and he used his mind. He just prayed. He said, Dr. Slavinsky, I don't want to feel this pain again. And right after that, that, he had to sleep for hours. He just had to sleep for hours. And he's had very, just limited pain medication is what he uses now. So he, it, it came back, but he talked about it being a difference of, let's say, 10, which is the worst pain, to 3, which is, you know, miraculous. Because he's been on severe pain medication oh for goodness. 19 years. So he said oh. his life has changed. Oh, you know? changed, and you can I'm read sure. All about that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, it's so, so I guess I'm flabbergasted by that. I didn't even know they did energy healing in, in these, that was in these sciences. That was news to me too. In fact, it was an experiment. He actually gave people the uh, choice. William said, does this group want to do, uh, have Dr. Slavinsky work through David um, and do healing or should we focus on reunions? And everybody said healing. I mean, we had some people in there that were at stage four cancer. That's also a miraculous story. I'll be following up with her on her CAT scan uh, next week, but she was bedridden and isn't anymore. Oh, my goodness. Wow. No, I know. And wow. this is real. Wow. That's why I feel blessed that I was there for the five seances because there was a sort of trust that built up. I mean, researchers are not, it's not that we're not welcome, but first of all, there's a sort of stereotype about us that, you know, we're, we're too scientific minded. We don't believe in this stuff. We're going to bring bad energy. But I think there was a trust that was building up oh, with sure. me and it allowed me to get information from people. And I think that's helpful. Uh, oh, Quentin Crisp, Quentin Crisp yeah. is another one who, who materializes on a regular basis, and he comes back. I just loved him because I'm, I'm an advocate for justice in general, and he, he was persecuted. People can look him up. They can see his face, Quentin Crisp. He was an advocate for gay yes. rights. Um, he was out heavily. when nobody was out. Right. That's right. Exactly. But he comes back to say, you know, homosexuals are not persecuted. We live on. Um, and he did some experiments where I was able to touch his hands. Um, we were able to see partially his face, partial features of his face. Um, and 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 Louis Armstrong, which is another. Now this sounds oh, fantastic to people. People they say they they think this is crazy, right? How can Louis Armstrong materialize? However, how many people can duplicate Louis Armstrong's voice? Do you think that's an easy voice no. to duplicate? No, not at all. No, oh, but the first thing that people ask me is, Donna, could these be recordings? Well, they're not. They're intelligent beings asking us questions, and they respond. And I'll give you an example. Someone starts coughing, and they'll say, excuse me, ma'am, are you okay? So it's not a recording. <laughs> they're having intelligent no. communications. And he sings, oh. hello, Dolly, and all of these things. <laughs> and it's not a recording. And we know how you know it's not a recording because oh, it yeah. stops. The energy fluctuates, and you can hear him stopping and starting, and he apologizes, and it, it, it's just, it's real. Oh, my. Oh, wow. And if so, you're not so there. What, yeah. let, let's say again how people can get this information. Right now, the easiest way to get it might be go to victorzamet.com, and, um, which I'm always telling people, uh, sign up for their newsletter, because this oh, kind yeah, of information is a weekly event on that newsletter. Um, so victorzamet.com, sign up for the newsletter, but also look for Donna Smith Moncrief's report on these yeah. seances. This is fabulous. 
Okay, what 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 else do you have to tell us, Donna? This is amazing. <laughs> I know it just and it, it feels like it's just flowing out without even sort of but that's why I encourage people to read that part, but also to if they have an opportunity to to experience it. I mean, I feel like it's terrible that we promote it at the at the upcoming conference because, you know, it's only going to be potentially sixty seats. You know, there'll be it's yes. not enough to, to, to feed the world. I I would recommend highly that everyone have an experience like this. I, I really do because, um, as I said, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't take anything lightly. And I looked at every single aspect. I looked at, um, mm-hmm. I looked at first of all, I broke it down. I analyzed it by what we could hear, so you know what so what we could see. Um, I heard 15 different voices. Now, if you if somebody is saying that the, the medium is a ventriloquist and is somehow pulling off these fifteen different voices, my joke is, well, then they should go to Hollywood because they probably make a lot more money being a ventriloquist, right? I know, fifteen I voices know. is what we heard. Fifteen different voices materialized in that room, and they're now, not. Did, did, the, did the people that had come to be gotten reunions? Did they recognize voices? Yes, and one of the interesting parts, and this I think needs further analysis, is when I would ask people, what was it about the reunion that made it more evidential for you? Beyond the voice, because see, the ectoplasm, remember I was telling you that the people that are are re- reuniting, for some of them, they are coming in to the physical body for the first time, sometimes for them, after maybe 40, 50 years. They actually have oh, to use their thought. This is what's very interesting. They have to use their thought to remember what they looked and felt like and sounded like. So try to remember, Roberta, what you sounded like 20 years ago <laughs> or, or what you looked like. Right, it, right. It, it, it's difficult, right? So it's a construct. It's a thought construct because their whole world, their spirit world, is a vibration of thought. You know, right. the thought creates reality. It really is that. And so yeah. when I ask these bidders, what is it that's most validating for you? The top one is what they said. They either knew names or they knew that something was wrong with somebody that nobody else would know about in here. Um, and the, the voice probably was not on their top of the list because I could tell that even when the person materialized and was to the person to the right of me, at one time a mother and father came back for the, 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 the fellow that was sitting to the right of me. And I was listening closely to the female voice because remember the medium, if people are always thinking potentially it's the medium making up this voice, if I was listening closely to the mother's voice, the mother's voice was very different from the, from the father's. And when I asked the sitter, did they sound like your parents? And he said it was more of what they did when they touched my face and it was my mother's hand and it was exactly where she used to touch me. So those oh. things were more evidential for them than the voice. And I think that has to do with the ectoplasm and their they're they're learning for the first time to work with ectoplasm, which is an, yeah. It, yeah. William says it's like putting a muffle in front of your face when you're talking. Isn't so, this interesting? It's um, fascinating. It, well, it's yes, it is. But the fact that you are doing it as a serious researcher brings you to a whole another depth. I mean, I'm at the gee golly, isn't this amazing stage, and you're at the let's figure this out in more detail stage, which I love. Yeah. We're going to take another really quick break, and then we have more with Donna. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end, and we're proving that today. And when you really understand all the implications of your eternal nature, it's going to change everything in your life. Our guest today is the extraordinary Donna Smith-Moncrief, and we'll be right back. 
Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with Donna Smith-Muncreep, who is a serious researcher in her day job. She works in the in the criminal field in her sort of exciting semi-career at this point of researching serious afterlife phenomena. She's doing incredible, groundbreaking work. She was at all five of the seances that David Thompson, who many say is the best living physical medium, all of his five seances in Sarasota in September. And she's telling us about that experience. Um, t- please say again your website and um, then let's plunge back in. I, I just there's there's just no words to describe how exciting this is for me, and I'm sure for others. Well, so, my so, website is www.medium7 as in the number seven dot com, and I will, in addition to the research report that will be will be posted there this this weekend, is my upcoming book. Um, called Medium 9, Harnessing the Power of Spiritual Energy, will be published uh, in, in March 2015. And I, I will cover in detail all the analysis of the five um, in relation to sort of what, what do we learn from the spirit world, um, really how does all this work, what were the implications, and I focus on other um, areas of how to harness spiritual energy from other phenomena that we've been looking at, such as energy healing and, and things like that. Well, that's an exciting book. We'll certainly have you back for that as well. <laughs> okay, so so I, I'm learning a lot from you about sort of the mechanics of this, which fascinate me because I want to understand what's going on, but I even more want to understand how it all works. How does it fit with what we know? And what you're saying is exactly consistent with what we know about their lives in the afterlife. It is all energy. Their bodies, their are mind right. created, but their bodies tend, they tend to, when they first arrive, mind create this, this beautiful, um, life that they had, uh, uh, when they were like 30 or, or 28. So it's, if it's mom we're talking about, there's this lovely young thing walking around the room and they have to, if mom has to remember how you would remember her, I can see that would be difficult or her voice. Our voices deepen yeah. as we get older. It would be hard to, I mean, how do you design the vocal cords of a of a body that's not even real? That's just ectoplasm, sort of coated. How do you just? I, I don't. I'm amazed they're recognizable at all, to tell you the truth. And well, and that's I, that's great. Yeah, 
yeah, no, I think I think those are those are the exact things that I was completely fascinated in and continue to further analyze. And every time I had an opportunity, I asked William these kinds of questions and other the other sitters there too. Most of these people, we should sort of share with our our, our listeners who these people are that usually get into these seances. They're already usually like from what I've seen. These were people, there were reverence from other churches. These are people who, not researchers, I was probably the only one there, but people who are already um, involved in spiritualism in some way, either energy healing or, because when the word spreads around, it spreads around in that circle and then it, the seats are full, right? So yes. it's not, it's, right. It, yeah. But but to specifically to get to some of your, 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 your great questions is, 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 is one of the things I noticed is that, first of all, they don't, when they materialize, they materialize enough for you to know they're solid. So I don't believe that they are actually fully solidifying themselves. What, In other words, when Quentin Crisp was materializing, you could see him start to materialize some of his face. He asked a lady to touch his blouse. Now, you know, he if anyone wants to look it up, he was a flamboyant dresser. Nobody was dressed in any kind of silky clothing. And he asked this lady if he wanted, she wanted to touch him. Well, it was a silky kind of a blouse feeling, and nobody had that in the room, and the door never opened. So that was materialized in the room. And then, you know, we were able to feel the feet on us. Um, I had William touch me to my knee. And these are things that they do not only to demonstrate the different parts of their body that are solid, but they also do it to show you that even in the dark, we don't have a difficulty finding you. They don't yeah. stumble. When they're about to put their hand on you or, or touch you, he says, I'm going to put my knee to you now. It's, it, there's, nobody that, there's nobody in mortal or human form that could do that with such precision. And one of the things he said, and, and this is another uh, metaphysical fact, is in the, one of the first seances, uh, he said, the lady next to you, because I had asked a question, you know her, don't you? And I actually didn't. So I said, oops, you know, you kind of made a mistake. And he said, no, what I mean is you know her because you both have the same vibrational frequency. So what I realized is he was not seeing us in the physical form. He was looking at our energy, and it turned out that this was a lady that we really did get along after. What He saw that before us. He could Isn't see that, that our vibration. Huh. Pardon me? That's yeah, interesting. He saw, yeah. yeah, he saw that our vibrational frequency was the same. And and so how he was seeing us was is, is exactly the way the spirit world works is vibrational frequency and as you said before, it is extremely consistent with the thought creates reality paradigm that we've been taught here. But in that room, it is everything. It, in, it, even when they were about to do an experiment, they said, we don't want you to do too much thinking because your expectations of the experiment could actually affect the experiment. <laughs> because that room, Roberta, when you experience this next September, you will see that the structure of space and time changes for you. It's not the same oh. as the physical. You actually enter another realm. And it, it was it's the terrible thing for a researcher who can't bring a pen because... I would think to myself, okay, 45 minutes is going, it's usually an hour and 40, and I go, oh, my God, how am I going to remember all this? Even though they're all recorded, um, there's certain analytical things that are going through my brain. But what I realized is when I got out of the seance room, many of that was just, it it was very difficult to recall. And William explained that the structure of time and space is very different in that room when we're there. We, our vibrational frequency is heightened to the point, and then when we come out of it, 
It's like our physical body is back down to our normal frequency. And I found that if it wasn't for the audio tapes and the follow-up with other sitters, I, you know, again, you don't, you're not allowed to have a pen or paper. There's no, you're, you're, everything is stripped, your jewelry, everything. So you, you just have your brain there, Roberta, that's it. Wow. So, so, because you've told me several things, frankly, that I had no clue about. It actually feels as if you are in kind of a, a halfway place between the two realities. Is that what Absolutely. you're saying? It, that oh, was wow. Now, yeah, I didn't write that in my research paper because I was being very focused on authenticity. Like, I want people who are skeptics to look at that research report. But in my book... I'm going to go into all of that, the structure of the, the more of the metaphysical feeling. And in fact, it was, it's a feeling that I'm having withdrawal from because it was a feeling of love. And so for people who come in, and I'll be honest with you, because my family, like, they're like, <laughs> Donna, like, they're not totally into this kind of thing. Uh, my husband is supportive, but he thinks, he's wondering, he said, why do you put yourself into, like, Fright Night, like Halloween? I said, it's nothing like Fright Night. I said, it's actually... I felt completely embossed with love and um, a greater understanding. It's like when you've, after you've meditated and you've raised your vibrational frequency to a very high level, um, it's, 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 it's nothing like you can imagine in there. And when you leave, you do, I felt a sense of withdrawal and other people that I've followed up with have, have felt the same way. Wow. Just wow. Oh, my goodness. This is great. No, I'm excited about the possibility of, of you know, going there and actually seeing this all happen and feeling it all happen after all that I've been hearing. But um, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. We're, we're coming close to the end of our time. Is there anything special that you, uh, anything further you recall that you think would be especially interesting to people? I think just for people to... Um, I would just say to them to open up their minds. Um, if they do go to any of these, first of all, I would strongly recommend that you know who you're going to. Um, I think this is a rare phenomenon. I don't think everyone can do this, so I would just caution them on that. Um, and I would also say that if they do go um, to an authentic physical medium, um, that they really open up their minds and not go with any expectations um, because that can actually ex- affect their experience. As I found when people, uh, not necessarily in this science, seance, but when I was at Kai Mugi's, is people who were more skeptical, for example, the phenomenon never went near them. For people who demonstrated energy of openness, the phenomenon went closer. And it's, again, consistent with your thoughts and your energy attracts the same kind of energy. We know this. And I could see this in this environment. So I would just say to them, I strongly encourage people to experience this, but my goodness, do your research. There are only very few who can do materialization. So I, I don't want people to go to the wrong people. And then it's, it's obviously all this authenticity criteria falls through the woods. And then they go and they say that it's fraud. And it hurts, the, it hurts our message about the reality of life, right? So yes, it does. So to be clear, we know of maybe five in the world. David is an Australian who had been British. Um, there are a couple in Europe, maybe. There are no yeah. more than on on one hand you could count true materialization mediums who are 
working that we are aware yeah, and, of. And very not few, a single like, American. Yeah. There is no American. 300 million plus people, not one American, has done the preparatory work to learn to do this. Theoretically, a lot of people probably have the native ability, but they have, they're not willing to spend 20 years sitting in the dark developing the ability as, <laughs> as, as a few of them have. So, well, and to I, Roberta, they're, they're, they're at risk, right? They're pancreas. We yes. know that they're pancreas. And, and also they're at risk of ridicule. And also people, um, um, also people, as I said, just at risk of losing their life each time they walk into that seance room. So it's not, it's not an attractive job, is it? <laughs> no, and there, there is some evidence from, because this used to be a much more common phenomenon in the first half of the 20th century. And there yes, is yeah. some anecdotal evidence at least that it does that the maybe because of the fact that the pancreas is overworked i have no idea but it does tend to shorten people's lives to do this work so david is committing to his own body a violence which allows him to do world changing things for all of us we owe him such a tremendous and the others such a such a debt of gratitude that they're willing we to do. We do. It's a debt of gratitude. And, and I talk about in my case study in my book, um, which was a rare opportunity to, 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 to um, interview him, was he did say that it was not something he was interested in doing. But when he learned about what was how it was saving people's lives and healing them, he said he could not turn his back on spirit. And I oh, thought that was him. extremely important for people to know. Oh, yes. Oh, it's, oh, it's just a wonderful thing. Um, any other last thoughts? We have about a minute or two left. That's about it. Geez, I would only say, do you have any burning, outstanding questions that no, I didn't I, cover? I am thrilled. I'm thrilled that you are doing this work. You are filling, Donna, such an important niche in the afterlife research community. I cannot begin to express to you my personal gratitude that you're doing this work. I know it's expensive to go to five seances and fly to Florida and stay there for two weeks, and you have a day job, and you are, you're, you know, your gift is a tremendous gift as well in your own way. You are doing the same kind of thing David is doing. You're giving of yourself to try to bring these truths to the world, and so I'm personally very grateful to you. Oh, thank you so much for that, because I, I do appreciate that. I'm I, and I give my gratitude to spirit, as I said, that they, as I said, I could balance all of this, two kids and all of, all the rest of it. I, it, it it's right, my passion. Right, exactly right. Wow. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it, isn't, it isn't easy. And I know you probably have some people who think that you're doing fraudulent stuff. Um, the reality is, from everything I know, what you are doing is right down the line exactly what needs to be, doing, be, to be done now for people to begin to understand what reality is so to everybody listening donna is giving you a gift and thank you donna on behalf of everyone for doing it bless you and i look forward so much to doing a lot more with you we're going to have a lot of a lot of fun as this all comes comes real in the world me too and i thank you for that that's very that's very special what you just said thank you I'm so sorry that we've come to the end of our time, but we will definitely be talking with Donna again. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which explores the many ways in which our dead loved ones give us signs of their survival and also some exciting new ways that we can use to contact them. I talk a little bit about physical mediumship, but only from the viewpoint of someone who has no clue what it is. I know a whole lot more now, thanks, <laughs> thanks to my friends Donna and Waller. 
My novels include My Thomas, which is the story of the American Revolution from the perspective of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. And I'm hearing from people now who are just finding My Thomas, even though it's been out for 20 years, and, and I love hearing from them. So thank you so much. My letters from love are just beginning. They're only The third one is coming out now. There will be seven. They, they're novels that follow three generations of an American family and explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead to make human life now and for all time finally work. You'll find details about all my books plus my blog. Please read my blog. I work at it very hard at robertagrimes.com. Please leave your email address that there because I'm about to start doing more with email and I'll never share it, but if you leave your email address, you and I can stay in touch. We have been talking with the extraordinary indispensable Donna Smith Moncrief about physical mediumship. This is not the only thing she does. She has many, many things she can talk about that from an expert's perspective. And frankly, the afterlife community needs many more people because we're about to go mainstream, frankly, and it's people like Donna who are leading the way. Join us, please, next week. Our guest for the second time is going to be Diane Collins, who's teaching us how to quantum think. She boggled me the last time she was here, and I'd only read half her book, so I have to try between now and, and then to read the rest. At least Diane will, will blow your mind with the wonderful things your mind can do. Of course, any, if any of these matters interest you, you're always welcome to join us at afterlifeforums.com. Discussions there are always lively. Now... Go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you, never forgetting, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.